Today's sponsor is Sneakers, a DC DMV sports apparel company. Go check out their very cool designs at sneekis.com. Hoodies, t-shirts, hats, and at checkout, enter Pixel and Roll and get 10% off your order. Also, in the process, you help support independent media. So go do it. Thanks a lot. And now, it's the Pixel and Roll Show with Adam Margaritas. Welcome to another edition of the Pixel and Roll Show. We discuss a team headed out west, your Washington Wizards. Hello everyone, this is Adam McGinnis. It is March 7th, 2017. A special treat, a post-pod game analysis. The Washington Wizards just defeated the Phoenix Suns. And me and Troy Halliburton jumped on the scat machine to break it all down for you. We also discussed Troy's coverage last Sunday. A thrilling victory over the Orlando Magic at the Verizon Center. And my coverage attending the Toronto Raptors defeating the Wizards last Friday night. Also at the phone booth. We discussed in detail these games along with players and coaches. And analyzing the upcoming schedule here on this current road trip, and then also the positioning of the Washington Wizards here for this postseason run. So this is me and Troy Halliburton discussing your favorite basketball team. Enjoy. Mr. Troy Halliburton, what is up, bro? How are you? Doing all right, Adam, man. Yeah, still still kind of reeling here from that crazy-ass game that we just watched. Got a stiff drink in my hand. Hopefully that'll make everything better. Yeah, you should. We're, we're coming uh, after... The Washington Wizards defeated the Phoenix Suns 131-127. We were trying to podcast before this game, and it didn't work out. And was like, hey, let's let's do it afterwards. And the Wizards looked like they were going to blow this team out. And I was like, hey, maybe we should... I was thinking about maybe starting this podcast early. And no, they uh, did not blow this team out. It went back and forth. Wild, bonkers game. Felt like I was on a long acid trip. Uh, but they prevailed. They are now 38-24 on the season. Troy, your thoughts on that craziness? Well, just like you said, I mean, it looked like the Wizards were getting ready to blow them out. They got up to a 22-point lead. And then I think that everything with the game changed when um, Jason Smith set that hard screen on uh, Tyler Eulis. And I, I honestly don't even think it was that hard of a screen. I thought it was pretty regular. But... You know the, uh, the the referees called the foul on uh, on Smith, and then Jared Dudley. You know he got into full tough guy mode, which I don't think anybody's ever seen from him before. And you know things escalated very quickly. But I think uh, as as 
Todd Divers from the Washington Times pointed out, you know, Dudley's one of the smartest players in the NBA, and he, he did that for a reason. I think he did that specifically trying to get his team fired up, and, you know, it worked because they, 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 they roared all the way back and actually, you know, got a double-digit lead of their own. Yeah, this game was a game of runs. I know that's a cliche to say in NBA, but this the ebb and flow of this contest was something I had not seen in a long time. And the Wizards were up 38-25 to over the first quarter. They start the second quarter hot, built a 56-34 to lead with 6.56 left in the second quarter. From then, the, the, the Suns went on a 22-4 run. The Wizards still led a 68-61 at halftime. And then the Suns begin the second, second half on a 15-2 run, built into a 20-2 run. And took an 81 to 70 lead. So in a in a span, I wrote it down in a span of uh, nine minutes of game action, they outscored the Wizards 42 to 14. That and it looked like the Wizards were shook. That that they you know all of a sudden Bledsoe was getting threes. They were getting wide open dunks. I and mean, there was a there was one play uh, where the Wizards went down, and I think it was Beal missed uh, got his shot blocked off the rim and. And the ball came out to half court and went by a couple of Suns players. And I was like, oh, someone on the Wizards will trail and get it. Nope. Nobody trailed. The three of them stayed back on the on the opponent's end. And somehow Lynn still gets a dunk between them. And I was like, I was like, nope, that's the play. If I was writing the recap, which I was not, that's the one that I would uh, signify. And what were your thoughts before we go into the how this, this wild one ended? Just your... Your thoughts of what happened there at the end of the second quarter and uh, beginning of the third? Because it was just like a completely 360 of what uh, we had seen. 360, I'm sorry, 180 uh, what we have seen. <laughs> well, I think what happened was, uh, you know, the, the starters didn't really play that well to start the game. The bench came in, uh, led behind uh, Jan Mahimi's great effort and uh, Jason Smith, and they built the lead up uh, so much. And then after... After the whole dust-up uh, between Jennings and Jason Smith and uh, Dudley, I feel like, you know, the Wizards kind of let their guard down. And so when the starters got back into the game, you know, uh, you know the, the Suns players, they're all fired up. And, you know, the Wizards, they're, they're just kind of going through the motions thinking that they're going to coast their way through victory. And, you know, that just wasn't the case. So um, I think that two of the main culprits of, uh, you know, who are guilty of coasting tonight have to be Markeith Morris and Marcin Gortat. You know, the, the Phoenix outlaws uh, <laughs> might have outlawed themselves right out of uh, Phoenix tonight. Yeah, the, uh, what was the score? 30, it was 96 to 94 headed into the fourth. And the Wizards go on a run. And it was 110 to 110 tied. And then John Wall closed this out on a 12-2 run. Uh, and then didn't really close it out because then we saw a bunch of crazy threes at the end. And the Wizards had to make some free throws uh, to put this one away. But, yeah, going back to the dust-up. Now, you, you're saying that Dudley is a smart guy. He is. He's very articulate. Uh, very uh, cerebral to talk to You know, on podcasts and interviews. And we've never really seen him get in any fights. I mean, I guess I only saw him up close for one season in Washington. But for him to go all the way out of his way for a 
pretty normal pick by Jason Smith, who wasn't like he was, you know, cold clocked him or ran up on him. He literally was just standing at the three-point line, and his man should have yelled out to Tyler Eulis, what you doing, basketball? Hey, pick coming, pick coming. He did not. And then for some reason, Jason Smith being, you know, 6'9", 6'10", and Tyler Eulis being, I don't know, five foot, <laughs> it, it looks a lot worse than it was. And then... And then he comes out of nowhere, and then he, like, chest bumps Smith, who was like, what the hell? But then Brandon Jennings, I don't know, did he say something? Because it seemed to me that he was pointing with, you know, maybe it looked like, it looked like a, a mini finger gun situation. Where finger he, gun he, situation. Yeah, <laughs> like, 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 yeah, like he looked like he was a, pointing a gun, which he wasn't pointing a gun. I think he was just, like, pointing his two fingers. Because uh, it wasn't cock like, oh, I was going to shoot you. kind of had side you know, side cocked. <laughs> like, yo, if that makes sense, you know what I mean? Like, where he was like, yo, hey, you know, I think he was just pointing out to, J- to that guy what he was doing. It escalates. They review it for a long time. And then for some reason, he is ejected. I, I didn't see why Jennings should have got ejected. I don't even know if Dudley should have got ejected. I thought maybe it was just should have been one technical and play on. Yeah, well, I'm thinking uh... – from what the PR people were saying is that uh, Jennings was ejected for making a gesture. Oh. So, so, so the gesture obviously has to be there. They, they interpret it as finger gun, finger, finger gun, finger gun. Oh guns, no! Right? right, and so, so it's like, is that, this like a throat slash? Like you know how you can't do throat slashes? You're out. I, I, I mean, pretty. This is pretty much it. But the thing that you know is kind of weird about that is the fact that Isaiah Thomas just did that. Um, like with with the uh, last Friday night against um, uh, the Cavaliers, you know he 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 broke out the finger guns, and you know the, the nothing nothing came about it. But you know you never know what happens. The league office might have sent out a memo to all the referees telling them to look out for any future finger guns, and you know they they go back they review it, and you know they they they, they see Jennings. I mean the thing is I will say this you know Jennings. He got a little bit, you know, too emotionally involved in the situation after, you know, people are already trying to de-escalate the situation. So he kind of came in after the fact, you know, escalated it right back up, you know, and he got the finger guns going. So, you know, I guess I guess they saw that as, you know, not not a good look for the association. So but, you know, I, I think I think that that was probably, you know, a, a little bit overboard on the on the referee's part right there. This was a tested game, and we also saw Chris go after, I, th- I believe, Markeith Morris on the Mar- bench. Markeith yeah. Morris on the bench, yeah, right before that, that play that uh Wong got the and one right, the right end before of the, the half. Correct. Yep, yep. So, it, yeah, I mean, it, it was tested. There were a lot of, you know, there was a lot of uh, chest thumping, uh, a lot of a lot of hold-me-back moments. Yes, definitely. <laughs> but, <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, Phoenix, I, Phoenix, I Phoenix committed. Phoenix, Phoenix has been playing well. Yeah, that's true. Phoenix you know, committed thirty-two it, fouls, by the way, and the Wizards had twenty-one. Yeah, I think I think that's a part of you know Phoenix's new style of basketball that they've been playing. They've been playing very well recently, and you know a lot of that has to do with the fact that you know they've benched a lot of their older players. They're playing a lot of the young guns, and you know what, what, how they're getting into teams is by outrunning them. And you know, kind of just getting into them, getting under their skin, and you know, for it looked like for a second there tonight that 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 type of approach was going to work against the Wizards, but you know, luckily John Wall is you know a, a true superstar, and you know he was able to close out the game for them. Yeah, I, 
Going back to another key part, I thought what well, you mentioned earlier, Yamahimi, I thought played the best that he has played that, as a Washington Wizard by far. Best and, game as a Wizard by far. Yeah, I mean, the first half, he almost had a double-double and five steals at halftime. He finished with 15 points, seven steals, nine rebounds, one block, a sick block, by the way, uh, and yep. then five of eight from the free throw line, five of eight from field goals, and was a plus 36 in his 26 minutes. He was incredible, outstanding, and a main reason why the, the Wizards won this game tonight. Yeah, I mean, the fact that the man finished plus 36 and the team only won by four points, you know, that that should just let you know the, the impact that he had on the game, you know, specifically. And I think that, you know, one of the things that, you know, that Mahimi brings to this team is that he brings a, a different look from the defensive perspective. The fact that, you know, he can he can hedge all the way out, you know, to the guard on that pick and roll and then somehow get all the way back to the rim and protect the rim in the same possession. Like, and that's something that, you know, Gortat would never dream of being able to do because, you know, he just doesn't have he's not fleet of foot like, you know, Mahimi is. And that's just a different dynamic that I don't think this Wizards team has really ever had in the in the John Wall era, as to have a backline defender who who can you know he, like I said he hedges the, the 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 guard on the pick and roll defender and and you know he he has the great footwork that he can he can stay in front of perimeter players when he gets switched out onto him he gets back into the lane he he, he protects the rim he has great length you know he, he stands straight up in the in the paint. Instead of really kind of attacking and leaning forward into uh, into shooters, yeah, I thought he did a really good job of sealing his man close to the bucket. I mean, some of his shots were are ugly. Uh, you know, he luckily had a few go in, but he got great position and Wall was uh, fantastic in finding him. And then you mentioned Jason Smith. He was six of seven, seventeen points, plus six, six rebounds. Seemed to he knocked down two 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 from three. So we've seen him extend his range a little bit this season. And, you know, I've been hard on Jason Smith uh, all year, especially early. But, man, he has been clutch for this team. And he seems to come in ready to play no matter what he has done the night before. Whether he's got a DMP or he's played heavy minutes, whatever his number is called, once again, another cliche, he's responded. And some of that's on the coaching staff, but a lot of it is on him. And he has been a pleasant surprise uh, for this basketball team. Yeah, I mean, he's the consummate professional because, you know, he literally is staying ready. You know, he's, I think that's his only third game that he's played um, in the seven games post-All-Star break. You know, and each one of those games he's played, he's made a significant impact on the game. But, you know, it's kind of difficult to, you know, come into the game not knowing when you're going to play or how much you're going to play. And, you know, uh, give credit to Scott Brooks who – you know, who, who went to Jason Smith early uh, today, you know, it wasn't just because of the style of play that he inserted him. You know, I think that he came into the game knowing that he was going to turn to Jason Smith. And, you know, Smith has been one of the most consistent, you know, mid-range shooters. And just like you said, you know, he's extending his range all the way out to the three-point line. And, you know, he really, Jason Smith gives them, uh, you know, uh, that, that extra player in the front court when, you know, it's looking more and more likely that, you know, Kelly Oubre is not going to be as dependable as we all thought, you know, heading down the stretch. Yeah, you got, it's, we're at the point now where 
I was at the game on Friday, last Friday night, the loss to Toronto, and during the middle of the game, uh, and also on multiple occasions, uh, free Jason Smith chant. Uh, it wasn't really a free Jason Smith, like the auto porter chants from years past. It was more like, where's Jason Smith? Put in Jason Smith. And I like did a double take, uh, asked a couple people next to me, is, that, is this really happening? And I actually agreed with them. Like, I was like, I mean, I don't know if that would be the difference in the game. I don't think so, but... I was like, yeah, he should play. He's played well. Uh, the other guy we have to mention, uh, the Croatian sensation, uh, also from Bosnia. I need to need to clear that up. He was born in Bosnia, but he also plays on the Croatian national team. So I got to do some investigation uh, with Bojan uh, Bogdanovic. Uh, Bogdanovic. How, how are we pronouncing his name? Bogi. I think Bo- Bojan Bogdanovic. I think okay. is the uh, correct pronunciation. I swear. <laughs> I swear. In the Verizon Center, they're saying Bojan. But uh, Bojan Bogdanovic, uh, once again, you know, he was the man off the bench. 29 29 points, uh, 16-16 from the free throw line. Chris Miller just said on the postgame show that he is 29 of 29 since becoming a Wizards from the charity stripe, which is unbelievable. And Buck Hans, which he loves to keep reminding us what a good free throw shooter uh, uh, he is. He's 10th in the league because he said it about five times a night. Uh, he also had, he was three of six from threes, so he had twenty nine points on nine shots uh, in his twenty nine minutes uh, and plus nineteen, and also pulled down nine rebounds. Uh, bogey, bogey buckets, uh, Ben. What a what a acquisition uh, by by the team here at the trade deadline. I mean, he's been literally a godsend. You know, he's come in and. He's literally filled every gap that this team was missing in terms of, you know, bench scoring production. And I think that, you know, one of the things that I really love about his game is the fact that, you know, he's not out there forcing the issue. So, you know, whereas, you know, I was I'm, I can admit when I was wrong, I was on the bandwagon to get Lou Williams to the Wizards. But, you know, Lou Williams is a different type of scorer where, you know, he has to have the ball in his hands, where, he, you know, he, he you have to basically run your offense through him. Whereas uh, Bogdanovich, he's just kind of out there. He's just going through the flow of the offense. And when you put him out there with lineups where you have, you know, John Wall on the court, you know, driving and facilitating, and then you have Bill on one corner and Otto in another corner, you know, it's hard for defenses to be able to keep up with all of these players. And so with him being the new face on the block, you know, but he, he gets left wide open, you know, so many times. And, you know, credit to him because he's a more than capable knockdown shooter. And, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I didn't watch a lot of Nets games, you know, over the last couple of years. And I had no idea that, you know, his scoring prowess was, you know, to this extent. Yeah, you know, what we saw tonight against Phoenix, which we really haven't seen as much, uh, since he's been a wizard here in the last uh, week and a half, two weeks, is he played the three. He even played the two, I think, uh, when he came for Bill in the first half. Because yeah, we've, we've, we've really seen him uh, more as a stretch four, closing out games. Uh, and tonight we saw him, his versatility on uh, different positions, which allowed the Wizards to go a little bigger, especially with when Jason Smith and, and Mahimi were playing so well. And also provided... Uh, you know, some backup after they lost Jennings and provided some uh, backup scoring, and he kind of went to Bjorgenovic uh, over over Ubre uh, again. Ubre only played seven minutes, uh, forgettable moments in uh, in this game, and and Sadoransky only played eight. So you, you really went to uh, 
a Beal Bogdanovich wall close to close it out, and and even Porter didn't really play much till till the end. Right, right, yeah. So yeah, Bogdanovich, I mean, he brings a, a versatility that you know really no other player on this team has. You know, the well, I mean, Sadoransky has the ability to play three positions. He can play one, two, and three. But Bogdanovich can play two, three, but and he four. Can shoot, but he can shoot. He can shoot. He can. <laughs> I mean, he can shoot the lights out of the building. And you know, I would say one one other thing that I'll say that I didn't know. You know, when 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 they brought him over, it was you know kind of known that okay, he's an offensive player, and he's not really that good on the defensive end. But you know, I mean, he's not anybody's lockdown defender. But I mean, he's bringing maximum effort, and you know, to say the least, he's at least in the right position. You know, nearly every time on the defensive end. So you know, much credit to him for that. Um, I, I think that. You know, he is literally bringing something that this Wizards team has not had, you know, in the John Wall era in, in terms of a, a scoring punch uh, off the bench. Yeah, definitely. The, the bench was key. I mean, they had, what they say, 61 points tonight? I mean, that's, that's that, we haven't seen that, uh, I don't know, forever. I mean, a lot of that is because Gortat got, got hurt. I mean, I hurt. I'm sorry. Gortat got in foul trouble. I mean, he had to go in uh, early for him. So he played uh, some more minutes. But I would say, you know, the difference here at the end was, uh, you know, John Wall. I mean, you know, I mentioned earlier they went on a 12-2 run. A lot of it was because of him passing, scoring. He had he had the Tyler Ulyss on him, the rookie from Kentucky. Took advantage of him. Booker tried to back him down once late in the post. He let him back him down and swooped up for a, you know, a sick block. Uh, then he had a couple of pretty and one plays and then closed it out with two huge free throws there at the end where the Suns didn't really get a chance uh, to shoot a tying three because he put a, put the Wizards up four. And that was that was the ball game. Uh, John, you know, and also some of the passes he's had tonight. I know sometimes it's hard to to say, let's talk about how John was a good passer because we know it is. But you know, not that we take it for granted, but man, he had some sick bounce passes. He had the underhand Hoop going. He was finding Gortat, Mahimi. I mean, a lot of his. He had 14 assists tonight, 25 points. But a lot of his dimes were really of the uh, pretty a variety. Uh, not just like, oh, hey, let me throw it to a guy off a double pick for a three. I mean, he was really creating uh, a lot of the looks uh, for his teammates. And you know, he missed. He was only seven of 12 from the free throw line, 0 of three from three, and nine of 20 from from the field. And I, I don't think he really shot the ball from the, uh, particularly. Uh, his jumper wasn't going tonight, but he found a way, uh, struggled early, but found a way to uh, contribute and finish one, this one out for the Wizards. Make the make the closing game-winning plays that we need out of the superstar, out of the all-star, especially in this up-and-down game that went crazy and the first game of a road trip. And, you know, the Wizards can't blow this one. And going into Denver tomorrow night, and, and John Wall made sure that that did not happen there in the late in the fourth. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, a true testament to, you know, how much of a superstar John Wall really is. You know, he you know, he didn't really have a, a, a good scoring night at all. You know, he ended up with a lot of points because a lot of those free throws at the end of the game. And, you know, he but he took the game over when he was playing at his best, playing downhill, you know, attacking the basket. Once he realized that his jumper wasn't falling. You know, he started attacking the basket, and, you know, they had Tyler Eulis on him. I mean, that, uh, that, that, that that was a pretty much a mismatch from the start to have to have Eulis guarding. You know, he's given up about six six or seven inches 
to John Wall. So I think that, you know, Wall Wall didn't he didn't have his best night scoring, but you know, he got he got his teammates involved. He played he had, you know, one sick block uh on the defensive end where he we uh I think he pinned uh Devin Booker's yeah, shot on yeah. the glass. <laughs> you know, he, he he's finding a ways where, you know, that's the true testament of a superstar. When you when you don't have your your A game when it comes to scoring, you know, you're you're playing, you know, team basketball and doing all of the little things to, you know, put your put your team in the position to win. So, you know, I think I think that's, you know, very much commendable for for Wall to to, you know, show his versatility as a player, you know, and how dynamic he really is. Because, you know, I mean, of these other point guards that, you know, people are comparing Wall to, you know, Kyrie Irving would never, ever in his dreams, you know, dream of pinning a defender's shot on the backboard like that. You know, he, he would never dream of, you know, dropping 14 dimes and literally spoon-feeding his teammates in a position where they can score the easiest baskets they've ever seen. No, no. I mean, there's definitely John Wall that has other ways to contribute to help his team win than just scoring. Even though we've seen him uh, score his highest per game uh, this season and he's shooting uh, better, especially from the mid-range, than he has in his career. But, you know, whether it's the defensive end, whether it's, you know, creating for teammates or it's finishing out at the rim or, you know, these sick sick athletic plays in transition that, you know, there's not that many. There's only a handful of players that really can do that in the NBA. Bradley Beal, I want to mention him uh, before we end this game. He came out 15 straight, 15 points in the first quarter, was on fire. Kind of disappointed about how he kind of cooled off there in the second quarter and in the, in, the, in the second half. I felt like he kind of forced a lot of things, but he did have a huge dunk on a, on a kind of, was supposedly he was supposed to seal the game there for the Wizards uh, before they actually had it on the free throw line. But your thoughts on uh, Bradley Beal's play, especially uh, since the All-Star break? Yeah, I think uh, Beal has played, you know, particularly well since the All-Star break. He, uh, you know, he's staying aggressive with finding his shots. And, you know, I think that that's something that, you know, Scott Brooks has been imploring him to do, you know, pretty much all season. You know, I think that, you know, he was just talking about how he has a bet where he's trying to get up uh, 23 pointers in a game. You know, I don't know if he's going to quite get to that point, but you know the 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 message is there that they want Bradley Bill to shoot the ball as much as possible. He has to be aggressive with his offensive game because you know a, a big part of the team is you know him you know getting up the shots that you know are going to draw the defense and that opens up everything for Otto Porter. That opens up stuff for Bogdanovich. That opens up for Markeith. You know so. Bill, you know, he's he's coming into his own right now and you know, he he he's actually playing like somebody who, who you can rightfully say was snubbed from the All-Star game this year. Yeah, I I believe he was snubbed. It was uh James Dolan, Silver, Michael Jordan, Charles Oakley conspiracy to get uh, Melo there. Uh that was part of their deal together to uh let that press that bad press go away. <laughs> But you I, know what? I believe I in that conspiracy. I can believe in that conspiracy theory. So I don't. I don't think that's a problem for the Wizards, though, because I think you know him. Him being snubbed has put a chip on his shoulder. You know, because he's out to prove for the second half of the season that you know that he deserved to be there. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Commercial break time. Sneakus. S n e e k i s dot com. Sports apparel 
DMV style. They have a fresh new t-shirt, old school DC basketball tee that you should check out. Uh, I'm going to try to cop it myself. And at checkout, enter Pixel Roll and get 10% off your order. And you also help support this show, Independent Basketball Media. Now back to the podcast. The Wizards now are four and three since the All-Star break. They have, it's been a weird, a weird team, I would say, uh, since they were just cruising there going into, uh, you know, the, the break two weeks ago. You know, they drop a game in Philly, they lose to the Jazz, then they play pretty well against Golden State, you know, even with Durant going out, but they made the plays at the end to win that game, played pretty awesome in Toronto, a disappointing defeat at home against the Raptors, and then last, uh, on this past Sunday, got a big hole, but came back for a thrilling victor over Orlando, and then tonight... The Outlast, uh, one of the team, one of the league's worst teams, but like you mentioned, had you know beat the Thunder, beat the Celtics, so they've been playing at a you know a pretty high level. So to get that road victory is, is crucial, especially like I mentioned, uh, the, the first of a, a five game road trip here uh, over the next uh, week here. Um, your just your impressions of this team since the All Star break? They've been up and down. They've played really well. I've seen some disturbing trends, but I just wanted your uh, your thoughts. I, I think that they've definitely been playing up and down, and I think some of the down moments have come from the fact that, you know, it, it's hard to kind of integrate new pieces into, you know, an already successful formula this late into the season. So, you know, the first two games coming out of All-Star break, they lost to, you know, Philly and Utah. And those were uh, Boyan's first two games. You know, his first game, he struggled, I think, where he only had, what, two points? And, you know, it, it, it takes it took him a little while to, you know, kind of, you know, get ingratiated in the system and, you know, get to the spots. And for, you know, Wall and Bill and everybody to, you know, kind of know what they can come to expect from uh, Bogdanovich. So I think those first two games were tough for them. You know, but once they got into a rhythm, you know, they, they, they started, you know, playing a lot better. And, they you know, Bojan showed really, you know, what he can add to the team. And then, you know, that Friday, they plan, they're playing Toronto, and then they're adding in another piece. You know, and I think that it was very necessary to add, you know, Jennings to this roster because, you know, I don't think that Trey Burke was in any position to, you know, be the backup point guard for a playoff team going down the stretch. So, you know, then Friday night you have, you know, uh, Jennings in his first game. So you have to, you have to ingratiate another player into the, into the system. And, you know, I think that, you know, now everybody is kind of getting settled into what their role is going to be. And, you know, I think that you will see a little bit more consistency from this team going forward. Yeah. The, the trends that I saw, which didn't, uh, translate tonight in tonight's game, but you know Philly, Utah, the Toronto home game, and then also Orlando. Those four of those games, three of which they lost, they got down big. I mean, they got in deep holes. You know, they did come back. You know, Scott Brooks, you know, even mentioned after the Toronto game that he was not worried about his team. His team does not quit, but they got these huge deficits, and then they spent all their energy to get back. Right, and then all of a sudden it takes a Demar. Demar I'm like, oh, you're just set up for Demar Derozan to make a shot to beat you. Yep, that's what happened. You're set up for Gord Haywood to hit that backbreaker, 
right? And, and, and so that, that was the things that I saw. But then yet in gold, and in Golden State, they go up to a big lead. And then, you know, it got close. Golden State came back and then Washington pulled it out. And then in Toronto, you know, they put that game away pretty much in the second quarter, even though they tried their best to, to blow it. They're late, but they had too, too big of a lead. So they never, the game would never really get close. And then the Orlando game, uh, you were at, you covered the Orlando game. I almost wanted to turn the channel. I was watching it at home, uh, cause it was, the defense was terrible. They looked cooked. And then out of nowhere, they go on the huge run in the third quarter, early fourth, went back and forth. And Orlando, gosh, they, if you talk about a game that the Wizards probably never should have won. This was one of them, I would say, because Orlando deserved to win that game over the Wizards. But, hey, you know, the Wizards made the shots, and uh, Bogey got hot. I mean, he hit eight threes and, and won that game for for the Wizards. You were there. Your, your impressions? Uh, well, just like you said, I don't think they had any business winning that Orlando game. Uh, you know, the Magic, they played, they played probably one of their most consistent games of the season. You know, they... You know they 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 brought great effort. They they were hitting shots. Um, you know, and Scott Brooks commented after the game. He said, you know, the team they played the defensive effort was terrible, and you know they played good defense for one possession. That was the last possession. You know, and 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 luckily, you know, that was enough for them. You know, to to hold on and win the game. I think that one of the problems, you know, with them getting down is you know there's just just a lack of daisical. Uh, you know, no sense of urgency from the team in the first half of these games. But I think that, you know, it, it says a lot about, you know, this uh, current group of Wizards um, because they're showing a lot more resolve than I think that, you know, this franchise has shown in the last few years, you know, with the ability to be able to come back from these double-digit uh, deficits and win these games. You know, so the Orlando comeback, um, that was the 11th time this season that they come back from a double-digit deficit this season. So, you know, obviously, you know, nobody wants to be in that position where, you know, you're getting down and, you know, the effort might not have been there. But I think that, you know, again, I think, you know, this is a credit to, you know, Ernie Grunfeld with the, some of the moves that he's made because, you know, the bench was key in that game. You know, the, the, the Wizards, they were down, you know, as much as 17 points to Orlando, but they went on a, well, I think it was a 15-4 to run to start the fourth quarter with a lineup that consisted of uh, Brandon Jennings, uh, Bradley Bill, Sadoransky, um, Bogdanovich, and Mahimi. So that's uh, four bench players surrounded by Bill, and, you know, the bench, the bench, has you know kind of stepped up recently, and this is something that we, we we weren't able to say about this team in the first half of the season. Yeah, Sadoransky was a uh, plus fifteen in the Orlando game in seven minutes, and Jennings yeah. Jennings had, I know had a a, a clutch uh, play uh, and had seven assists. Uh, seven for, assists so on the backup point guard. We haven't seen we haven't seen seven assists out of Trey Burke uh, combined for games and games, and and Bonavich had twenty seven points. Uh, eight of ten from three pointers, nine of twelve on field goals, and was plus five. And you're right. I mean, they they got to back in the game. And also, we, I have to mention Bradley. Bradley Beal was fantastic against uh, the Magic. Four, uh, Thirty-two points, twelve of twenty-one. Really hit some clutch threes down the stretch. 
when they were they were going back and forth uh, there with some of the big plays that the Magic were making as well. And and you're right. I mean, there was a sense that uh, that the bench was an an like an anvil. And we've seen over the last few games that they've kind of you know you know as they're integrating these new parts, uh, you know, they're, but they're also Mahimi stepping up. Sadoransky stepping up. Smith is slipping himself. I mean, maybe the only one that's really slipping here is Ubre. But I can probably say right now they're they're eight strong, a strong seven or eight to nine uh, going right now w- with this team, and and hopefully in Ubre you know will be that eight or nine guy, and and you know, but I mean Mihimi Bogdanovich, and once Jennings gets going, he has a reputation in this league. I mean that's eight players right now. That you can say, yo, like we got eight legit rotation guys, uh, you know, set rotation. I know, and then I would say Smith. I'm sorry, Smith as well, who didn't even play against the Magic, uh, and for him to go out, like we were mentioning earlier. So you got eight to nine, and that's counting Ubre and Sadoransky. So I mean, you're going from eight to nine to ten, giving him some options and mixed match. I mean, that is, uh, that's pretty solid, and that's what you really need in a seven game series. That's that's exactly what you need. You know, that type of depth is. You know what you need in a playoff series because you have foul gives, trouble, gives, injuries, uh, right? Exactly, it gives uh, Brooks a lot of options, and I think you know the the Brandon Jennings. You know Jennings got ejected uh, today. You know I think that he's going to be a big part of you know what we can expect from this team going forward. Just because he gives the second unit something that they haven't had all season, but we've also seen is, we've also seen him get more comfortable in each game as well, right? Exactly. I mean, he's getting more comfortable, but it's like you know we we're coming to expect you know Brandon Jennings to come in and score like he's done you know throughout his NBA career. When you know, I don't think this team necessarily needs him to be a dynamic scorer. You know, the part of the problem. You know, with Trey Burke playing backup point guard, is the fact that he's not really a point guard. You know, he 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 doesn't he doesn't get other people involved. And you know, too many times, what would happen with the second unit would be, you know, people would be standing around watching Trey Burke pound the ball down, pound the rock until the shot clock gets down to less than five seconds, and then he's trying to do a fake pick and roll, and then he's throwing up a bad shot. Whereas Brandon Jennings, what he brings is somebody who is, you know, he has a he has that sense of a floor general where he comes out there and, you know, he can get, you know, seven assists, you know, in a game and he's getting everybody involved. You know, he had seven assists and uh, five of those assists were to Bogdanovich. And, you know, he, he's basically, you know, dropping, you know, just beautiful pocket passes and putting Bogdanovich in perfect position to score, you know, whereas, you know, when Burke was in the game, you know, Burke would be pounding the rock, and, you know, Bogdanovich would never even touch the ball. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that, you know, you know, we don't really need Jennings to come in and be that dynamic scorer. You know, it would be just great for him to come in, and because we have Bogdanovich, who is a scorer coming off the bench, we, we, needed some, we need somebody who will be able to just, you know, get everybody involved when, you know, Wall is going to be sitting on the bench for the, you know, 12 to 15 minutes a game that he's not playing. Yeah, I, Trey Burke was awful tonight. He, got, he had to play because of Jenny's ejection. Got it. Got his, got his pocket picked, committed a foul, and I immediately tweeted, we should have cut him. So uh, <laughs> I'm down with Trey Burke ever playing. I thought I would never have to see him on the court again. Uh, you know, 
he can do some things here and there, but he's just not going to be uh, what this team needs for a playoff push. I mean, maybe a 14th, 15th guy. I mean, I still would have maybe kept Daniel House, but me and Rashad talked about that too much on the last podcast. But currently, let's just talk about the standings real quick before we go into the uh, the road trip, and we can call this a podcast an evening because we it's late here on the East Coast. Troy, the Wizards now are 38-24. They are a full game back of the Boston Celtics, tied with them in the last column. Boston is 40-24. and they are four back of Cleveland, who is 42-20. and 20. They are a game and a half ahead of Toronto, two in the loss column, four and a half above Atlanta, five in the loss column. So barring a, a straight collapse, it, they pretty much have a top four seed uh, locked up here. Toronto, now with them beating them uh, last Friday night, they now own the season series. So that means that they own uh, the tiebreaker. So in that sense, the Wizards, you know, they're, they, I guess, what you call that a half game, I guess. So they'd only be up one game, essentially, on them. Uh, so, but still, in striking east of the Boston, who has now lost two in a row, and Isaiah Thomas is saying things in the media, and I believe Boston plays uh, the Warriors tomorrow night. So, yo, I mean, the Wizards play Denver in Denver in that altitude. Altitude. We'll get into that, but your just your thoughts here of the standings of where you see this all playing out. I know there's still you know a lot of basketball to be played here. We have uh, 20 games left, so but I feel pretty confident with a five game lead on Atlanta with 20 games left. Uh, Atlanta's three and seven in the last 10 games. They lost three in a row. The Pacers, uh, the Wizards are up six and a half on them. They also own the tiebreaker with them as well. So. And the Pacers have lost, uh, they've lost three out of their last ten. So they're three and seven in the last ten. So I feel pretty comfortable to say that the Wizards are going to finish above Atlanta in the Pacers. Do you, do you agree? Oh, I definitely agree. I think that, you know, there, there's a high percentage chance that, you know, uh, Ted might be able to hang a banner of some sort, that Southeast Division banner. Yeah, there it is. There's, yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a bunch of ca- a Caps uh, Division banners up, so why not why not put a put a Wizards one up? Yeah, but I think that I don't think the Wizards have won a division title since their championship year of '78, <laughs> uh, if I believe that's correct. So I think that you know Atlanta Atlanta is not in the same tier as that that Boston, Washington, Toronto tier. I think Atlanta is kind of, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of fading away. And, you know, they. I think that there's a tier below, uh, like I said, the three teams I just named. I think Atlanta and Indiana might be in their own tier. But I think that it's going to be a game of musical chairs between Boston, uh, uh, the Wizards, and Toronto as to who's going to finish up in that in the 2-3 uh, seeding. And who's going to finish fourth? And that 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 person is going to have to play, you know, the Cavs in the second round. So really, you know, this seeding is very very important, you know, to have to, uh, you know, to have a chance to avoid playing Cleveland in the second round. And I think that you know the Wizards have put themselves in the in a great position right now, you know, with with, with twenty games to go, where. You know they're they're, they're going to be right in, in the thick of this, and just like you said, they lost the uh, the season series to the Raptors, but you know they they hold a, an advantage in the season series against Boston. Right now it's two one, and they play Boston. I think uh, coming up um, in, in a do. couple of weeks. 
The funeral so, part, you know, the funeral part two. Let's do it. I'm ready. Exactly. That that game is going to be you know all too important as far as you know uh, you know not only you know avoiding the four seed, but you know it's going to be a big difference between who has that the the two or the three seed because the two seed is going to have you know home court advantage in the second round. So you know with the way that the Wizards have played at home this season, you know I think it would greatly behoove them to. You know, try to you know shoot for that two seed so that they can be, you know, you know have 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 a seven game series at home in that second round. Yeah, the Wizards are twenty six and nine at home, twelve and fifteen on the road, and two of those losses at home have came in the last week. And it's weird about the Raptors, even though they took out the Wizards and, and definitely deserved to win the game. I was out there at the Verizon Center, uh, like I mentioned, and but Kyle Lowry's out and. He, and even though Norman Powell, whatever it was, Norman Powell, yeah, played out of his ass, and DeRozan made a bunch of crazy shots and hit three threes, even though he doesn't even make threes, you know, and they and they made the plays to win that game, and they deserved, like I said, to get the victory. But I don't know how sustainable that is for Toronto moving forward, and without an All Star player like Kyle Lowry. So I feel, you know, I mean, it's it's the NBA, you know, they can't get it together, but it just seems like a long, a, a tough. I would say a long shot. I'd say a tough climb for Toronto to make any type of leap without one of their best players in Kyle Lowry, especially at the point guard position. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you that it's going to be tough for them to, you know, play without Lowry. But you know, the Toronto they they, they are a deep team, and you know yeah. they're well, they're, you know they're well coached, they're well put together. So you know they're they're the type of team where they're going to be in a lot of these games going down the stretch. And PJ Tucker and Abaka really helped them as well, especially oh, on the defense helped tremendously on the defensive end too. Yeah, but I think one of the things that you know the the Wizards, you know, it's not going to be an easy stretch for them to close out the season. You know, I think they they have twenty games left, and fourteen of those games are on the road. So you know, it, it's going to be you know a difficult you know task. You know, for this team to you know close out the season as strong as they would need to to hold on to you know uh, one of the two or three seed. Wow, you're right. Six, six, six home six games. Six home games left. Four, yeah. four, four, fourteen road games. Well, that's a good segue. So the rest of the schedule here is at Denver. They're on a flight probably right now, or getting headed to the airport to fly to Denver. Not that long of a flight, but that altitude is an impact. And Denver has been much improved uh, this season, especially they're fighting for the eighth spot uh, in the Western Conference and are a pretty decent home team and have a, you know, uh, there was Jokic has been pretty outstanding for them and their offense has been humming. I, I think they're one of the worst defensive teams. So we'll see uh, how the legs are for the Wizards tomorrow night. And then they have a night off, play uh, at Sacramento, then at Portland, uh, night off, and then at Minnesota before coming home to play uh, the Mavericks and the Bulls next week. And then at Charlotte, at Boston, Atlanta at home, Nets at home, and then another road trip at Cleveland, at the Lakers, at the Clippers, at the Jazz, at the Warriors. Uh, and then home to the Hornets at the Knicks, home to the Heat, and at the Pistons at the Heat. So, obviously we're not going to go through all those games, but that just gives you a sense of what we're talking here about Troy. But what do you see here in the next four games? Uh, or, you know, I think I said three and two or four and one on this. They couldn't go worse than three and two on this trip. 
Especially but four I, and one, and all these teams are beatable, and their teams like Buckhead said tonight that the Wizards have beat them all already at home. Yeah, so, I think that this. I mean, this this uh, current road trip right now might be the most important, you know, stretch of games of the season, and I don't think three and two is going to cut it. You know, I think that mm-hmm. the four four and one or five and zero oh is is the goal. Like if they go. You know, less than four and one on this uh, five game road trip. I think you know that that might be a little bit alarming, because you know, like we said, because you know the whole Boston, uh, uh, DC, Toronto trio is is so much jumbled together. You know, literally every game matters. So you can't have this you know five game stretch where you're playing against inferior opponents, opponents that you've already beaten. And, you know, even afford to, to slip up once, you know, and I think that, you know, this, this structure right here, you got to win the games that, you know, that, that, that you feel like you, you're, you're at a, a great advantage in because, you know, that, that, that second, uh, West Coast road trip, like you said, I mean, that's like a murderer's row, you know, of having to play Golden State and the Clippers. Yeah, and no, Utah. it's, it's, it's Cavs and Warriors bookend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know you you got to take and, care and, of and, and Utah and the Clippers. I mean, those are four teams that they could lose to easily, and then throw in the it, Lakers. So it, exactly, you know, as the uh, as the very uh, mediocre Eddie Jordan said once, you got you got to harvest your nuts. You know, you got to harvest your nuts in the winter time so you can so you can have something to snack on in the in the springtime, and you know. This is this road trip is nut harvesting season. You know they they they've got to you know go at the bare minimum four and one on this five game road trip of these teams that you know that you know they they've already taken care of. And you know, I think it, it, tomorrow night is going to be the the biggest test for this team for the road trip. The fact that you know they 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 ended up having to play the full forty eight minutes versus Phoenix. And now they're on a back-to-back. Uh, they're going to have to go up to Denver, you know, playing against a team who also likes to get out and run. You know, you're playing in that altitude. You know, it would have been great if they could have held on to that 22-point lead today and allowed John Wall to get some rest and not be playing 39 minutes tonight and then having to go back and, you know, deal with Jameer Nelson and Jamal Murray at the point guard position tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. I mean, Denver had the night off. Uh, tonight they they defeated uh, Sacramento in their last game. Let's look. Let's look. Let's get a little Denver preview here. Uh, wow, Wilson Chandler had thirty six points last game. Wow, I, I, I did not know that. Uh, Gary Harris fifteen points. Mason Pumley, little Danella Gallinari was uh, was was what's his name hurt or something? Their their best player. Uh, Jokic? Yeah, he didn't play. Yeah, I think, I, yeah, I think Jokic didn't play. I think he, uh, I think they said he had like the flu or something. Or he's oh, been wow. Sick. Wow. So, so that's how they got so many minutes. But he's been, I mean, all star level I mean, player for them. Yeah, he's been phenomenal. He's been phenomenal. And I think that, you know, the, uh, the Nuggets, they are a team. They like to get up and down. They like to run. They, you know, they, they have a lot of, uh, you know, kind of positionless players, you know, like Gallinari and Chandler and, you know they they can play the you know three or four and then Gary Harris will play yeah Will Bar they've got a lot of different players where you know you know the 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 Wizards are going to have to come out and you know they're going to have to be switching a lot of these pick and rolls switching on to a lot of different mismatches and I think that you know it's going to be very important for them to you know come out and bring their best defensive effort you know against a team like Denver. 
Well, the, the last game they played against the Hornets, the, the DMPs for them, uh, Roy Hibbert, Mike Miller, and Moutier. <laughs> So random, like you know, yeah, old I mean, Mike Miller, Hibbert, the Wizards had battles against, and then Moutier, their lottery pick from a few years ago. Yeah, Moutier was their lottery pick from a few years ago, so but he's kind of had his uh, minutes taken away wow. from. Uh, had his minutes taken away from him by Jamal Murray, who was drafted as a shooting guard, but they've been playing him primarily as their backup point guard um, over like the last month of the season, and he's been playing, you know, very well. You know, showing his, you know, his uh, facilitating skills. Yeah, Jokic uh, was had 31 points, was 13 of 15, and 14 rebounds in the last game that he played. So he is going to be uh, tough to handle, and we'll see what uh, Mahimi and Gortat uh, can do with him, and, and even Markeith to a certain extent. Uh, anything else? Uh, we'll, I'll get you going here, Troy. It's it's late. Anything else you have to say? Uh, this is probably the quicker podcast I did, but you know, we had, we talked about that game and. We can go more into detail as it goes, but I want to get you on and this road trip going, uh, get a podcast up. But uh, any anything else you'd like to add about the, about any observations about the team? I didn't mention the gorilla tonight on the court for the for the Suns game, <laughs> which, yeah, I'm, which all of a sudden out of nowhere, so gr- random. <laughs> and, then, and then it turns out that he picked up something on the court. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he picked up something uh, <laughs> like something rolled out onto the court, and but, I mean, and, and it was right next to uh, Bogdanovich's yes, uh, feet. Yes. So I mean, if he come out there, if he's saving our uh, our most uh, highly touted asset at this point you know we, we, we got to thank the sun's gorilla for that yeah but you know i like to slide I, how he slid out there it was hilarious oh, oh man he, he he was out there and off of the court i mean it, it was it was it was actually quite amazing yeah. but uh i think my my final thought for this team is you know i i think that you know the fact that this team finally has the proper depth of a true you know playoff contending team is something that is very noteworthy. And like I said, I mean, it's commendable the fact that, you know, yeah, I know Ernie Grunfeld, he's just kind of, you know, saving his own mistakes. But, you know, he, he he had his eye on Bogdanovich, you know, the whole time. And, you know, he, he gave up a first-round draft pick to get him, you know, got rid of uh, Nicholson's contract in the process. And, you know, he got extremely lucky with uh, Jennings getting, you know, being able – to, you know, be available in the buyout market. But, you know, and Mahimi, he didn't play like, you know, the first 50 games of the season. So that's basically three additions that we have to this team. And, you know, for for the Wizards who, you know, they, they got on that hot streak, you know, after New Year's. And, you know, a part of that, we, we, were, we didn't want to see the starters being, you know, kind of drained and, you know, by the time the playoffs come around, they wouldn't have anything left in the tank, you know. But these th- the three additions of Mahimi in house, Bogdanovich from the Nets, and you know Jennings from the buyout market, you know, have you know added a different dynamic to this team, and I think it's something that we can get behind, you know, for the last twenty games of the season. And, w- and what we've really seen out of Scott Brooks is that he's been able to mix and match guys, keep their confidence, find. Find a way for things to work, and if it's not working, be flexible Switch. on the back end and and doing more matchups than exactly. we than we've seen with other coaches, and, and it's worked. And when it isn't working, he's been you know showing ability to be flexible. Tonight, I would have you know I would, maybe would have nitpicked and said Mahimi and Smith maybe should have closed the game, but 
you know that you can you can maybe they got tired, right? I mean, you can you yeah, gotta, exactly. Maybe, they you get, so you know maybe maybe Gortat Porter and a Morris who struggled tonight will be more fresh in Denver than those guys, and then burning those guys out, and they were down, and that's always a thing where. Your reserves play better, and then all of a sudden, there was like, "Why'd you take them out?" I was like, "Well, because they're just played 14 minutes, and they usually only play 14 minutes the whole game sometimes <laughs> to, to sometimes finish those guys out." And you know, sometimes people will will fin- you know roll with a hot hand, but I, I just like the scene out of Scott Brooks, and so I'm going to give him a, a leeway, him and the staff, to figure this out with these guys uh, more and more, and you know, give them rolling on uh, high cylinders, so we don't see these di- these high dips that we've seen since uh, the All-Star break. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, what Scott Brooks does with this rotation going forward is, is you know, is going to be very interesting. But, you know, I, I think he's, uh, you know, exhibited, you know, the, the, you know, the wherewithal and the, you know, quality coaching that we haven't seen before that, you know, I, I put my faith in him. So let's, let, let's see how he finishes up. Yep. I, I agree. It is going to be an interesting week, and it'll be hopefully not as heart 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 attack inducing as tonight was. Uh, the ups and downs, or I felt like I was hallucinating watching this game. Uh, gorillas on the court, uh, forty-two to fourteen runs. You know, like, f- a yeah. J- a Jared Dudley being a tough guy. <laughs> like, what is what is happening? What what is going on? And a lot of uh, a tr- trigger fingers, all types of stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was it was bonkers. It was bonkers. But thanks for coming on, Troy. I appreciate it, man. Uh, you've you've done good work on the site this year, and I, I I really thank you for your time. All right, man. Thanks for having me, Adam. All right, cool. Hey, everyone. Uh, go on the site, truthabada.net. Uh, read Troy's recap of the Magic game. Uh, I think. We'll have some other recaps up uh, of this Wild Suns game and then also some writings we had over the weekend. Gortat had some funny quotes of his bad week that I, I have a post up that you should go check out as well. And as always, go Wizards. Peace out. You pass.